Perfect. Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily. And I'm Joan of Heart. And uh, that's our second take at the intro. And I think we <laughs> nailed it this time. Yes. I nailed it. I nailed <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it looks like Ivanez nailed some pretty sick little electrics, but they're not technically guitars. No, I, I was actually surprised in their uh, 2023 uh, lineup release. They actually released some, you know, released some instances of a few shreddy ook, you know, ukulele models. I was surprised. This shreddy ukuleles, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, so <laughs> if you like four strings instead of six, you kind of have a few options. You can play bass, you can play tenor guitar, you can play ukuleles and um options are kind of limited for both tenor guitars and ukes and it's really cool that a major guitar manufacturer has re released models that are uh appealing to like i don't know like what the base demographic for these is but i <laughs> we can get into that yeah it's kind of chaotic from from a like a distant perspective because when you think about ukuleles you think about like more traditional kinds yeah, of, of folk music mm -hmm. or like Megan Trainer pitched all that song all about that bass on a on a ukulele <laughs> um a lot of people write on them like the mm -hmm. acoustics but I've you don't really think about shredding on them um for my I guess background cuz again that's mostly where I came came from. So for me, bringing this kind of up is, yeah, for me, this is kind of interesting because um, in the iterations of, you know, acoustic ukuleles, you kind of see them in more of like the way an acoustic guitar looks, you know, sound hole in the same place and everything. And when you get into custom models, that's when you start to see a little bit uh, less of the traditional look and you have more of the solid body look and the, uh, you know, the... Uh, sound hole more on the side facing the player, different options. But whenever we saw like, let's say Fender or someone, they would have the sound hole, it would have the shape, but there's still very much the presence of, this is an acoustic ukulele, but with these Ibanez models, they definitely look like kind of a solid body look of yeah. their other models that they have. One looks more like the Iceman and the other one looks like the RG model. So, I mean, it has like the shreddy head, the metallic um, ice that they have on their paint. I saw it in one of the demo videos where the guy was showing it was all German. I have no idea what they're saying, but I was like, <laughs> oh, it really looks great with the light hits. It's a really beautiful pearl, uh, kind of like a, was it... Um, Reverse sunburst, I guess. Like, or no, it is a sunburst, but yeah, more of a silver black variety, but really nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I know it's bad because I demoed one, but I kind of forgot that Fender did like the Jazzmaster and Telecaster shape esque yep. ukes. Um, but yeah, they did do that. But again, they were electric acoustic, but still had very much an acoustic vibe. Um, mm -hmm. My my big question about those is like, what are the strings like? Is it still the traditional nylon string, or are there special strings? Uh, with these ones, these have the Aquila Nile Black strings, and for the ukuleles, just in general, unless you are specifying wanting steel strings, which is very non-traditional. I have a ukuleli, as what what they're called. Uh, 
from a uh, custom builder uh, Fanner Guitar Works or mm -hmm. Fanner, you know, Fanner Works. Uh, but yeah, those instances are more geared towards, you know, four string ukuleles, more like a guitar kind of uh, avenue. But usually, commonly, Aquila strings are usually on ukuleles in the G, C, E, A. And of course, the, uh, for, you know, the string, which is the G, usually being a high octave. But a lot of players over the past, I would say, five years or so, a lot of people that are playing ukulele are playing more kind of rock styles or punk styles that need that low G. So that has now come into popularity of people switching out that high G for a low G to kind of play those styles of music. So I think with uh -oh. that kind of popularity, I've started to see certain brands going into this kind of, you know, you want to kind of have a more like rock inspired looking ukulele. I've seen Vorsen, which is again, more seal string, but there was, there have been over the past years, iterations of wanting to have like a electric guitar looking ukulele for people that want to go down that kind of vibe, but not be traditionalists. Yeah. Um, but Plus, this is I would think that if you're I would think that if you're playing heavier styles of music, you don't want as much air moving through that instrument either, no. because that's just going to cause feedback. So that's yep. really fun. And you know, I've never really seen someone super duper shred an ukulele, but you know, you see people shred mandolins all the time. So that's kind of like similar-ish, more similar in like size overall, because ukes aren't big. They're no. kind of sit between like length. They're like a tenor guitar to mandolin sized. Yeah. And they're, are they tuned? What are they tuned like? I don't, uh, I know C. very little. Reentrant tuning C. Yeah. Standard. Um, But like in intervals, like guitars are tuned mostly in fourths and uh, tenor guitars are traditionally tuned in fifths. Um, I'm thinking that it's fifths or fourths. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I know, I know it by the other method, not by the intervals. <laughs> you can look it up, yeah. Lily. Is it the fourths? It might be the fourths. Tuned in. Maybe it's fourths. Is it ukulele tuned in fifths? Or is it fifths? I mean, yeah. it's something. It's the kind of thing where you can tune it however you want. Yeah, you can. I mean, you, wow. there's even the, was it the, there's another way to tune ukuleles, which I had at one point. It was like, I guess Canadians use it more. Um can't remember what the tuning style is. Is it detuning? I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just a different kind of flavor of tuning uh, the sound of you. Yeah. Yeah. And it just changes like how chords yeah. look, how, how exactly. to play chords, which is a, a big thing. So it's really cool. That they're allowing, um, enabling that certain kind of player to mm -hmm. do what they want. They're kind of up on trends and can see like that. That's what's so important about, uh, guitars and like, how do I put this? Manufacturers need to pay more attention to what people are actually playing. Yeah, and I think that it's appealing to a niche niche because I'm assuming that's that's still a small niche. Uh, is is a really cool thing to do because it's mm -hmm. going to definitely make fans with those really really dedicated groups of people. Like things like people who play tenor guitars, for example are very gung-ho about tenor <laughs> guitars, which is, is funny, but, you know, there's a smaller community, so they, they talk with each other a lot more, they share ideas, and they, they tend to know each other pretty well. And, uh, you know, guitar communities as a whole 
feel a lot more segmented than that because you mm-hmm. have it, it, I think it turns into more like styles or body shapes that people get really um, interested in like offset guitars offset guitar communities are a subset of the whole guitar community and shreddy ukes are a subset of <laughs> ukulele community and shreddy community yeah at least from my experience when it comes to the ukulele community when i was involved in it for the most part um there is the group of traditionalists that are more you know obviously into the finger style or strumming styles of playing uh hawaii the history aspect of it then there's the people that you know are me that's putting you know modern approach and takes putting it through effects pedals you have uh people that would be classified i guess as popular and shreddy Finger style players like Jim, I mean, Jake Shimabukuro, and you'd have, uh, I think James Hill is another one. I don't know if he still is doing anything. Ty Main is very much a style of player that does kind of shreddy stuff. Um, but again, more finger style playing as opposed to like rock melodies. I would say Jake is more like he'll play rock inspired kind of music, but on a tenor style uh, Kamaka ukulele, I think. I've seen him several, I've seen him quite a plethora of times, um, uses effects pedals and stuff like that. But there is this camp of traditionalist and non-traditionalist, and sometimes they don't get along. <laughs> yeah. So that, that can sometimes be a problem. The baritones obviously are like the bastard children of the, um, the group because the sopranos, the concerts, and the tenors are more the C-tuning that's mostly the style of size that people are playing in that tuning. And of course the baritones are more kind of associated with guitars because they share the same tuning. And a lot of times guitar players, when they play an ukulele, cause they like the happy tone. I have met quite a lot of people who are guitarists, but they also play a ukulele as well. It's portable. It's easy to play. It's happy. You can pick it up. It weighs nothing like it pretty much, if you haven't played for a while, um, guitar, and you're like, hey, this is an easy way to get back into something. And it just gives an overall good feeling. Um, and it's yeah. kids, it's women, it's men, it's old, it's young. It does have a pretty good demographic. But again, like the guitar world, ukulele world is separate. I mean, they don't really intermingle much. And this is an yeah. interesting kind of beginning of a blend, I think we're seeing. Yeah, and I, I really like the part that you brought up that like a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of people play mm-hmm. ukuleles. Yeah. And but despite that being the truth, I think it's still widely associated. Yeah. Widely associated, I think, with women and children. Mm-hmm. And not quote, We're toys. Not serious. Yeah. Or music. or yeah, it's toys. Or I've always got when I was obviously playing, you know, ukulele, I would get people come up to me and ask me, why aren't you playing a real instrument? Like they, everyone still thinks it's a toy. Why don't you play guitar? And it would annoy me, obviously, because I was like, it still is an instrument. Regardless of what I am using, it's still a vehicle for creativity and music. So yeah, you have that always. And there's not really marketing for it. I mean, even the marketing that you do see for these instruments, it's YouTube channels, people doing tutorials, showing whatever the models are. But you don't really have people like Fender. You don't have people like, you know, big companies doing these big, you know, marketing splash. Like, here's Mm -hmm. our new lineup and models. Like, it's not in the same vein. It's It's not not, as present in the public eye. Yes. So I agree with you there. And obviously there are builders who build very high in ukuleles. Yes. But when you talk about like, when you you Mm -hmm. say the, the, 
ukulele as a toy this is an instrument that was developed around yeah. the same time as guitars it was introduced to hawaii in the 1880s on the portuguese, on portuguese yep. instrument yeah mm -hmm. um so i that's that's historically significant uh you you can't say it's not a real instrument just because you don't take it as seriously personally mm -hmm. um that it's like saying that DJs aren't musicians, like people who actually do like, <laughs> yeah. like turntablism is an art. It's not a game. It's not easy. Uh, when, you, when you look at like a really good DJ on stage by Those themselves or the band, yeah. they're musicians. And yeah. it's the same with, you know, the voice as an instrument. Um, just for some reason, it's not seen at, it's still seen, I think, largely because of the demographic that tends to gravitate toward it which is, you know, people, often people with smaller hands or slight motor issues in their hands. I, I know people who mm -hmm. yeah. have bad arthritis and can't play guitar, but they can play four strings. Yep. So they move to tenor guitars or ukuleles, often tenor yep. guitars, because if you already play guitar, you're familiar with that. No, um, I've heard similar as well. Yeah. And uh, it's fun to add instruments where you don't expect them. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty rock and roll, but... I think that people like are often it's funny because it feels like it's the traditionalists who <laughs> don't think a, yeah. a ukulele is a real instrument or belongs in rock. I'm like, yeah, it's the same age as a guitar. It's a traditional instrument. Yeah. Um, but just using it in a different fashion. I mean, it doesn't take yeah. away from its history or its prevalence. Yeah. I mean, you can like look at a, I think, of the instruments that come out of Hawaii, like really popular in Hawaiian music, like there's the ukulele and then there's the the slide guitar, like the uh, pedal, like mm -hmm. I think more like a lap steel. Lap steel, yeah. Lap steel guitar. That's what I think um, of too. Is, is equitable. But like imagine if no one had ever like heard the steel guitar from Hawaii and thought, oh, you can't apply that to country music. Oh, country God. music would, would it would never have sounded Wouldn't be the what same. It is. Yeah, no. Yeah. So it's exciting to to bend these things because you never know if it could really connect and resonate and be uh, almost genre defining. Exactly, it could actually yeah. an introduction of an instrument that is not traditional to a style or form of music could actually revitalize or freshen it and take it in a direction that may actually change the whole you know, music, yeah. I guess, genre as a whole. Like, I think it's actually good sometimes to inject something completely new and unorthodox, kind of a kick in the pants to like, hey, this is this is something exciting and new and we've never heard before. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's happened a lot of music and, and it's responsible for basically every innovation. Within it is somebody be saying, you know, that thing that we've never, that's never really been done or at least done well <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, in this other genre. Let's try yeah. it. Maybe we'll make it work. And or, it's really it's, cool. it's, or it's like the rock and roll mentality of uh, fucking, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to do what I do. You don't like it? I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty rock and roll. And again, like, it's a great, obviously, ukulele is a great writing tool. <laughs> I, I, I think there are a lot of instruments out there that are really good writing tools that just kind of get a, a yeah. stamp of toy on them. Mm -hmm. um, the Omni chord is probably a good example. Until I did my Q chord video, I didn't realize how many people actually recorded Me too. with Omni chords and Q chords. So that was really cool, like learning that minus the bear 
Yeah. For example, using Omnicord. Because I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. I don't think it's quite a toy. I think it has more value mm -hmm. than like a just a toy um, from like a writing perspective. But it's to be able to hit chords, even if you don't have like Any the knowledge. strongest yeah. working knowledge of music, you can still like put things together and kind of make sounds and maybe write yeah. something kind of cool. Um, but I, yeah. yeah, I yeah, I appreciated that that the that it was accessible that way to people. And I have an original like vintage like eighties like Omnicord. And yeah. even like when I was you know playing with, I'd done like a stream where like people get on and we put it through my effects pedals and stuff like that. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, thinking about ways in which you're exploring new sounds, new instruments. Uh, when I was looking at the Omnicord, I learned about artists and musicians that used it in their music that I otherwise wouldn't even fathomed and the yeah. way they used it too. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Now I hear it now. Yeah. When I, in music, I was like, I pinpoint, I was like, oh, that's an Omnicord or that's like, you know, something similar. Yeah, I mean, you don't know until, until it's like getting a car, then you see that car everywhere kind of thing. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I mean, just being inventive and trying mm -hmm. new things, I think is kind it's of great. It's the most exciting part, I think, of what we do. Ha ha ha. Yeah. What I need, what I need to do is get a real webcam. Well, I mean, the but Logitech Brio isn't bad. I yeah, I've been asking for one for a while, but it's just a yeah. It's a it's a, it's it's a it's a larger conversation about yeah. <laughs> about working with with people. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I think it's really cool. Like they, they're really, I they think they look great. Yeah, I, they wish, look I wish they did tenor guitars too. Maybe oh, that would maybe be good. someday. They really did have be... a nylon guitar that came out mm -hmm. too. I think at the same time. Yeah, I tenor guitars that that space in electrics is still. Um, hmm. really dominated by Eastwood and not that not to say anything bad about Eastwood because no. I think it's great that they're making them I think that the strings are spaced too far apart oh okay yeah I get what you mean yeah like um because on a tenor guitar it's more narrow right as far as it should be more narrow but to save money they use like the same bridge on like a bass uh, guitar I get you yeah for a lot of the models. Um, but the Astro Jet, that's the one that I have. They don't make it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, it mm -hmm. is the same spacing as the standard six string, like in the vein of like a um, Gibson um, oh, wow. nut width, but just like two thirds of it, not the whole thing. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what I play the most. I also have my, oh, where'd it go? It's back here. My, oh, my Fender Tenor, which, you know. That's awesome for i guess it just wasn't worth it for them to make these i think it was mm -hmm. probably like you have to do like, it's like you can't just like automate yeah. all of it like you have to this is a different neck this is a different body yep. different hardware different. so yeah it's hard to make it scale uh, that's yeah. what i'm looking for um for a small market and yeah. i guess they just had a lot of trouble making them and decided to not make more that makes sense. But you look at the used prices on these things. Like these were originally like $800 and now you're hard pressed to find one for like twice that. Oof. Yeah. Like they're, they're expensive. Scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Because they got it right. <laughs> In a lot of ways, I think. <laughs> yeah. One, I guess as close as I have to something like that 
is I have a Pano, uh, it's a, was it a Nui, which is called, it's a hybrid instrument that was made, which is a combination between the size of a tenor guitar, but it is a baritone ukulele with nylon strings and like two kind of metal wound, I think on the first two. Like that gives the overall size, I guess, warmness of an acoustic tenor, but like, yeah, still has like the baritone kind of hybrid ukulele, like same tuning. So, but I like, I like when they do hybrids or other versions or modern takes on things to kind of push things in a way. But I understand at the same time, market wise, when you try to do this and you have another half of your, you know, your lineup of your models, which are basically kind of, um, easy to make those because you already have the next, you already have all that for your demographic and market. And then you have the specialty item and if it gets too difficult to make and not cost effective, yeah, I could see how they could be like in the long run this probably wasn't the best you know it's not possible mm-hmm. yeah it's that's the sad sad facts about yeah. capitalism <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah it's okay this is just a world that we live in no of course um yeah. and also one of the things to mention about these uh ibanez ukuleles that yes you can put them through your pedal board or plug them in because they definitely come they are acoustic and electric they pretty much come with mm -hmm. a uh preamp onboard tuner batteries all that so you're good with that's a pickup. really cool mm -hmm. yeah to do both like that oh yeah yeah i'm gonna actually look at the i haven't <laughs> i looked yeah, at the look. you posted them i haven't really looked the red since. one the red RG one is like my favorite. I was like, that one's awesome. And the way that they did the sound port, because in custom ukuleles, a lot of people started to style them where the sound hole was more towards the slope or more towards your face on the horn, I guess, of uh, yeah, that's, the ukulele. That's for, per that's for personal for, hearing, Yeah, personal yeah. hearing of the instrument rather than projecting it outwards like the traditional sound hole. I like the way they designed it on this RG model as well. It's kind of like a slotted look um very modern i really like that because sometimes dude, people have like paw shapes uh, cute things or like a circle there but this is really nice the modern take that they did on it yeah i'm just gonna google ibanez ukulele yeah go ahead ukulele. yeah they have they have traditional looking ones as well i looked at their lineup but these two ones this year there are pretty are. much the more like guitar rock looking ones as opposed to the traditional ones that they have yeah I like the UICT 100 one. That's so funny looking to me. Yeah, I actually, when I when we were first looking at that, that was one of the things Carlos would say. It was like, it kind of looks like Prince or like something like that Emily would probably that like. That horn. Yeah, the horn. Yeah, he was yeah, like. Yeah, but I hate being so fucking predictable. <laughs> yeah, we were looking and he was like, yeah, you would like the one that was like the RG, the shreddy one. But yeah, Emily would probably like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not yes. wrong, Carlos. No, no, Definitely no. not wrong. <laughs> I'll tell him. <laughs> He's got for, you. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so um, what's new with me is I, I played a show on Friday night at the Sunset in Seattle on bass. It was one, a great show. Uh, awesome. This guy named Thaddeus and Thadalak opened up and I had the Kathy Moore Power uh, Trio, I think Superpower Trio. Um backing him and it was just really just such great musicianship and i talked to them after and they're like yeah we had one rehearsal last night i'm like wow well oh, wow i guess it was fresh <laughs> oh my god I'm impressed with always impressed with the skill of those musicians and then the lovely and talented kim byron played 
and then we played and I actually I took off the um the brace for the show and uh mm -hmm. it helped a little like because if yeah, I was to play with if I was as I did decide that like restrictive there songs, yeah there are some songs I need to play with a pick and mm. I would have had to play so close to the bridge <laughs> yeah to not bit. have it mute um the strings so I took off the brace and uh I'm feeling better <laughs> today but I was feeling it yesterday I was feeling it the day after the show I can imagine yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the show was great. It was it was probably about half half full of the venue, which isn't bad for uh, a rainy ass night, like the first weekend yeah, after that's good. New Year's. It's a rainy so. night. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. That's Seattle. It's a lot of rainy nights in the winter. But oh, yeah, still, yeah, that's normal for you guys. <laughs> but still, it was a really good turnout, good energy. Um, it, yeah, I had a really good time. Um, I used my uh, I got some new in ear monitors. I got the UE eighteen sound signature. I actually got them the day of the show, so I was like charging all oh my, my wireless God. stuff, hoping, hoping my new ones would come in because they they get like I have the UERR, the reference remaster that they did in um, conjunction with Capitol Records uh, mm -hmm. Recording Studio. I mean, and they're great. They're very flat though, um, and they don't get as loud, and that's on purpose. Okay. So I got the UE18 that has more headroom, and uh, <laughs> they sound so good. I was I got them in, and I was just uh, pulling up title like i have the master quality recording title package and listening to songs i listen to a thousand times I'm thinking like whoa there's a lot in the song i haven't heard like oh that's cool a stat like i i know we say it a lot but <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, no. oh these master quality recordings and then you get like just like really really nice earphones or headphones and you're like oh shit i never quite understood that like the effect being applied to one part of a vocal performance in the song like oh that's yeah. a phaser yeah i just thought it was distortion when i was listening to it as a kid yeah i've never kind of had that kind of like experience like when i was growing up i just had the you know when you rock around the big head muffs kind of like enclosed mm -hmm. experience but yeah. i've looked at them over the years but i have yet to have like an in-ear monitor kind of listening to music kind of experience so i hope to yeah. in, in in the future uh to get that so you can i can have those kind of experiences yeah um but the difference between the one that you had before and the one that you just got did you notice a difference between the two? Oh yeah that like like the big thing is a lot more headroom. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's always going to be a lot of clarity, and it just it wasn't quite as flat. Like it was, in in certain places, like the low end felt more more present. Not that it was boosted or anything. Yeah, it didn't seem bassy. Um, it was balanced. Okay, I get you. It was really it was a really nice balance versus being just perfectly flat, which I think makes it better uh, for for live music and then just kind of enjoying music um, mm. when whenever you want. Yeah, I think they're they're more drivers, and let me actually pull up the differences. Yeah, pull, pull it up of the differences Ultimate. between the two, because I'd be interested. Because again, for me, uh, when I'm mixing and recording, like I'll have my monitors or whatever, but sometimes I'll go through my uh, Audio Technica like M40s, which is pretty much like a flat frequency to kind of like mix. But, you know, I balance between the two, just obviously, so I don't have artificial coloring. So it'd be interesting to hear what the difference between those two are. Yeah, let me pull these up. Mm -hmm. uh, well, one other difference is these RRs, they are the, they, they only go to the first bin in the ear canal and the IEMs go to the second. Mm. It makes them more secure kind of in a different way. Like these kind of have to okay. lock into the kind of the folds of my ears a little bit differently. But UERR has okay, that's, three that's drivers. Yeah. Those are the Capital Recording Studio ones. Okay. Um, 
And then the 18 plus pro, which is what I got now has six. Ah, okay. So, um, even more clarity, more dynamic range, um, increased volume and headroom. Yeah, when I was kind of looking at the research and at times asked you about it and just another looking around, yeah, I saw the difference of numbers of drivers being the difference, obviously, not only price point, but the quality, um, what they were talking about and the yeah. balance of frequencies. But it's interesting yeah. to hear you talk about the, uh, I guess, distance in which in your ear it goes, like the first canal mm-hmm. versus the second canal. I wouldn't have thought of those things as far as, you know, so that's yeah. interesting. It, it keeps them locked in a little bit better. It takes getting used to, like, you talk about some speakers are like, oh, you have burn in, so you have to play them for a certain amount of time before they sound good. This yeah. is, like, kind of that for, like, just the comfort in your ears. So you just, so I, that's why I just put them in and listen to music when I got them so yeah. that I could get used to because I was like, oh, man, that that is pretty far in there. Um, but it gets a lot more comfortable just as your ears get used to the sensation okay. to the point where you, you can't really feel them. Oh, wow. Like, um, so it's just so people know who, who don't know, like a, a traditional earbud that you buy doesn't have balanced armatures. It has a, di- a single dynamic driver. And that dynamic driver, that one is responsible for all the lows, all the mids, all the highs. And it's not uncommon to kind of lose one for the others. Hmm. But with, um, having six balanced drivers or multiple drivers, even the base level ultimate ears has a separate high driver and a low driver. So there's one is just responsible for the lows. It's, it's a a, a normal earbud is Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. And, uh, when you get into like higher quality earbuds or earphones or in your monitors, what you're often looking for is like, multi-way crossovers, um, just different things that are responsible for different frequencies. So they can do that really, really well. And it, it just creates a lot better clarity. So I think, you know, UE ultimate ears, they kind of change the game for Mm in-ear monitors. They're the ones you're going to see most in people's ears on TV and stuff. Um, their lowest level is $500, but I do think it's a good investment if you're playing a lot and you will be absolutely shocked at how small of a venue you can get away with using in your monitors. And, and you probably will want to, because maybe they can just afford two wedge monitors, (laughs) one for the drummer and one for the front. Yeah. I played places like that before and they could have done an IEMs via their ox outs or something, but they just couldn't, they didn't have the space. Mm or the um budget to get multiple wedges yeah Uh, i've 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 had instances of like the house not having the right gear and having to sing sometimes without having something pointed at me to be able to hear myself and that was so incredibly difficult so i'm sure that would have been handy for me in those situations because i just had to put one finger in my ear so i could hear myself and then be able to like sing one, one, I, I think that if, if anybody like drummers and vocalists mm-hmm. can really benefit from in-ear monitors, because drummers can like feed in click tracks so they can stay on beat. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for drummers to hear, especially the bigger the room, the louder the room. It, they were literally invented for a drummer. Well, the company started for a drummer, um, uh, Alex Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. So Alex, uh, 
he couldn't hear things over the crowd and over the stage noise. Um, and if you crank up drum monitors, they start to feed into drum microphones. Oh, shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of bad. Doubling. Bad sound. And, yeah. Clipping. And I've been mopping. at gigs where that's happened. Um, yeah. Weirdly. I'm like, what is this weird boo, boo, boo coming yeah. through? And it's because the uh, kick drum microphone the or yeah. the snare drum microphone was picking up the wedge monitor. Um <sighs> And then for vocalists, you just don't have to sing as loud. Yeah. You don't have to strain as loud no. just to hear yourself or like do the whole like, you yeah. know, stick the finger in your ear the whole time, which is not yeah. exactly, you know, um, yeah. germ wise probably hearing. good. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. save your hearing. Yeah. And you can pick exactly what you want and mm -hmm. it blocks out a lot of other noise. So you can like, I just had the kick drum, the singer's vocals and the singer's guitar and I had my bass. The fact that you could pick is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, the the idea with wedges is that you can pick two, but uh, you're not going to be able to, like, no. if the guitarist, and we all love turning up the volume <laughs> on our guitars, turns them up to the point where you just can't hear what's coming out of the monitor as well anymore. Loud mm -hmm. stages are just the bane of any sound person's existence. And, <laughs> yes. you know, most musicians. So, yeah, um, I recommend people checking out just various kinds of in-ear monitors. I used for the wireless system, I use the X Vive. I think it's the U2 unit or something. U4 mm -hmm. maybe. Works perfectly, just super easy. And there's six channels, so you can use them with up to six people in the band. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a uh, no that's I, about all I gotta say about that. No, it's good. I, I appreciate the topic because I have pretty much no experience with in-ear monitors, but I've been obviously Try, you know, trying over the last year or so doing research, but I know the price point is usually what kind of puts me off where I get distracted by another pedal. I mean, you can get, they're more valuable if you're playing the long run. a lot. Exactly. And they are valuable in the long run <laughs> for, for sure. I mean, they're going to save your hearing. So eventually, and I also got a, a set of custom fitted um, earplugs. So that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, ended up using those last night because I ended up going out to some shows last night. There's a woman mm -hmm. who's interested in hiring a lead guitarist, so I went out to see the music. I was like, yeah, I, nice. I'll try. I'll maybe I'll that would be maybe great. Give, I might give that one a go. No, so, that would actually be a cool experience. It Rick wants me to yeah. stop adopting bands. <laughs> it's like I don't have time to do things like Emily. Stop going out and picking up strays. I mean bands. <laughs> I think that, I think I stole that from my friend Sean Crawford, who says, like, yeah. "My girlfriend says I need to stop adopting bands." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do you? Do you though? Um, cool. Uh, what are we talking about next, or what's new with you? Is that's what we're um, talking about next? <laughs> well, I mean, what's new with me? I guess uh, for the most part, got through the new year. Um, just basically starting to get into the nitty gritty with the uh, marshmallow demo. Uh, I took this week in any of my spare time to go over each of the modes. So, so I see Alexander pedals. Yeah, the Alexander. Yep, the Alexander marshmallow pedal um going through the modes make sure that i understand them and then mm -hmm. start to think about i think over this weekend and this couple of days start to write up um the storyboard um and just try to 
do it in such a way that um, I show the things that I liked about it. And I did actually like quite a number of things that I didn't see other people kind of demonstrate. And I think it's going to be really fun with this one and looking at it and ways of, I guess, ambient guitar players, mm -hmm. because with a little effort, you can do a lot of really interesting, cool things. If you have, let's say your board full mix wet and you have everything in the loop playing, but now you want to introduce something new in a certain part of whatever you're composing in which you're just playing a few notes. And let's say the RP mode is just introducing um, steps within the background and shifts, which you're controlling those pitches up and down in kind of a chord progression with maybe playing a few notes. It's really great, I think, for somebody that doesn't have a theory background and just for the most part, fuck around and finds out, you know, like it's... <laughs> So I think it's really going to be a fun way to explore this pedal. I already like quite a few modes in it. And uh, yeah, so I'm basically in that half, the, you know, the art prep and the, you know, marshmallow itself is pretty much ready for, you know, me to put the audio in and stuff like that. I just have to write it. And um, that's pretty much what I'm getting into next. Um, and obviously I was watching some cartoons and stuff like that, because the pedal is going to have some, I guess, influences. You think Alvin and the Chipmunks. So I was watching some of that to kind of get some inspiration of personality wise, like for the character. So again, just music wise, and also just starting to get in the phase of like, okay, we're going to get into the writing half now to explain how this thing works, because it does have an alternate function mode, which is behind the main as to, you know, uh, if you want to adjust things, there's a secondary function, which gives you more control of things. So I think that's really good to do that. I don't think I'm going to do the normal way in which I did before. I'm still on the fence of how to do that half of showing the demonstration of these because uh, the way this pedal goes, just a standard looper kind of demo. I think I'm going to be more of a, this is what I like. You know what I mean? This setting yeah. and playing this. I don't think I can do that with a looper kind of thing. So I'll probably just still show the pedal, but it may be more of like, I'll be playing off camera, but you'll obviously be able to hear that recording in that segment with showing the pedal of that sound. Um, so again, I'm still in the processing of how to do that, but one half of it is done. Um, and uh, now it's just basically the writing personality and that part. And then I start recording my parts and voicing the character and then just kind of editing and piecing it all together. So I'm hoping to get all that done this month. Hoping, you know, my life, oh. you know, doesn't, my, you yeah. know, life doesn't throw any, you know, 2023 behaves the rest of the way. No more, <laughs> no, no more, no, not, not like 2022. You stay there. No. You stay mm -hmm. there. Um, I'm hoping obviously the rest of the year, gets in my you know it doesn't get in my way as much but that's pretty much what's up with me just trying to focus on work and getting these type of things done family kind of deal and uh, music mm -hmm. so I've also yeah. talked to someone already in collaboration of doing some work apart from this and I want to as far as like TikTok and things like that to hopefully get more followers so I can do live there um yeah. doing instances go follow, go follow Joan on yes TikTok. Joan Joan of heart please um I want to do my voice singing little 
parts of covers through effects pedals. I figured mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And of course, you see the pedal board. It's me on top and then the pedal board below. So you yeah. can see what part of my effects chain is being used. And I think that's also helpful for vocalists to see somebody using their voice and way through an effects pedal board. And I really do yeah. want to separate. You know, I do the animated demo channel, but I also, which is why it's Joan of Heart Pedal Playhouse, mm-hmm. I am still a musician and an artist separately. So I'm thinking having these platforms, having a different version of what I do separately may be good. So obviously I don't get writers, you know, don't get creative blocks. And I also have my feet in different aspects always. So that's my plan. Hopefully that, you know, I'm able to do that kind of thing, but that's at least what I'm kind of starting to think about. Nice. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Uh, I feel you on 2023 needs to behave itself. Unfortunately, (laughs) I've I'm just oh, carrying, no, you came I'm, carrying <laughs> I'm carrying bullshit from 2022 into 2023 yeah. against my will. Mm-hmm. Everything bad that has happened to me so far this year has been against my will. Yes. Uh, I just want to be left out of me too. Of narratives <laughs> <laughs> and issues and shit, you know? I don't it's just, Yeah, I don't I don't want to be yeah, in the middle yeah. of Yeah. Um, man, like the last couple of months of the year, there was just so much oh like interpersonal God. stuff and then getting sick and then falling down. And I'm like, I just, I want to be left the fuck alone a little bit <laughs> yes. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, man. Uh, yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Man, we're on the yeah. same page. Um, yep, 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 yep. But, the, other uh, thing, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I know we're steering the topic away from me and this, um, there was a new invention that just came out. Invention? Um, Yes. A new invention for, let's say, a replacement of like your whammy bar or expression bar, however you want to call it. Vibrato. Uh, Vibrato. Yeah, exactly. It goes, it's it's a bar of many names. (laughs) Um, There was a collaboration with a rogue, uh, was it Rough Gage, Mark Benjamin, and Umphrey McGee's guitarist Jake Sininger, if I say it wrong, my apologies. Um, It basically is a kind of like a if you think of a palm uh vibrato or like a style off the bridge in which you can kind of manipulate your guitar to have some sort of a vibrato that is less shaky and more in the frame of like a singer vibrato um you can use either your palm or your fingers to adjust this came out of jake playing for many years um he would always pick up the bridge himself because the the bar would either be completely out of the way no timing to grab it and also would get in the way of his strumming or playing so he wanted to have something that you could easily reach back and get and it would hold the pitch when you would bend it and it wouldn't be in a way that was shaky i thought that was really interesting that kind of easy install like you can install it uninstall it but it gives you kind of a control in which you're not just grabbing the bridge and you hold the pitch while you're playing in certain instances without that kind of it looks kind of like a it's called like a shell almost yeah it's called the jake blade and yep jake blade i'll be honest i think that's stupid looking yeah i mean i i can understand kind of like instead of grabbing the bridge having something that looks like a lever I yeah. guess, in a sense that you can grab for some people. It fits PRS, JNL, Stratocaster kind of style guitars for the mm. most part, which I guess people who play those studded guitars 
kind of like what they're going for is those kind of things. Um, it is interesting to see tech, new technology is the reason why, you know, it's not something probably I, you know, would use. Um, but I did find in watching his video and how he demonstrated it, um, the interesting kind of way of control that that kind of uh, way of a, um, I guess, expression control from your bridge that you can get mm -hmm. if you want to have something that's out of the way. So innovations, I think, are good. Whether they look stupid or not, I mean, maybe someone will generate one that looks, you know, not like that. But the, just I think, the... I think Layla City and... Um... Max Heidemann of Heidemann Instruments already did that. Would did that? Okay. Well, I just sent you a link. If you scroll down to oh, yeah. the, second, the second thing, the, the Tuna Tone Palm Vibrato. I know it's, right now it's only for Tuna Tone Instruments. Yeah, and I, I know saw how that you install one. it in post, but like... It's just the bar that you push down on. It kind yep, of seems I saw like the that same one. thing. Yeah, I thought but... that was pretty cool. This one installs like, it looks like it just attaches to the bridge. Yeah, it uh, definitely has that benefit going for it. Mm -hmm. And I think in introductory, I think it's like just $99. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's, that's pretty affordable. But I still yeah. think, does it's, it have you're to look like, so I can't get past the look. <laughs> well, my question yeah. is like, there are those um, takes on B-benders that attach to the the bridge of the guitar i'm like why can't it just be like that one a little hmm. bar hanging out that you can oh yeah like that would be cool like that. Yeah. yeah something like that that would just bend that one string oh that would be awesome yeah somebody somebody those. do that somebody do that we want that <laughs> yeah i don't know if it'd be an issue with like tension yeah because I, I also look at that and i don't know if it's at my wrist is consider in a lot it of pain right now but i'm thinking about like how much tension somebody has wrist carpal tunnel like yeah i get you how do you set, how, like, I, I feel like it would need some, like, how many springs do you put in there to mm. make that tension, like, manageable? That's that's a good question. So anybody watching this podcast, you have any input as well, obviously, in the live chat, if you're to the premiere, or even in comments, like, let us know what your thoughts on it are. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do, do it. it. Do it. <laughs> so, um... um we wanted to talk about Catalan Bread, just yes. south of me in Portland, which is a place I'll be going at some point this year. Oh, awesome. Um, well, I need to. It's been a while. Hmm. Um, they released, one, an, an entire new look for their two existing formula pedals, the F5F6, which is like a basement, and the 55, which is like a tweed. It's called the Formula 51, and it's like the an homage to the tweed champ. Which I like champ amps. I yeah, have not played uh, a tweed champ. I haven't either. Um, I at least know at least what what I saw the research that the fifty one was based off of the Fender Tweed uh, champ. Was it Champion eight hundred? Um, my experience though with Catlin Bread and their amp sims uh pedals uh i have the dirty little secret and it's like mm -hmm. a marshall stacked i love this and this was like one of i play out of a box so i wanted some other sound beside my yeah. box at the time and uh this is a really great sounding pedal i think i have the version three what this one is there's definitely different iterations and designs dirty little secret Inside there is a switch that gives like a super lead and a super bass like kind of tone. So you have a choice of, I guess, the uh, parameters of how you want, I guess, the transistors or the amp sim to kind of simulate the high or low end frequencies of it. Um, but yeah, they have another one. I think it's the Galileo that also 
um, does like a Vox style kind of amps in. But this, these three here are more kind of aimed at the Fender tweeds uh, in the basement amps. Um, the price yeah. point is really great too because we look at pedal effects pedal inflation and everything is like two hundred or above, and this kind of sits. Yeah, relatively these are all. Decent. It's like the fifty one and the five. The five F six are one eighty new, and mm-hmm. the fifty five is one ninety. Yeah, like ten new. bucks more. Yeah. yeah. The the things that I thought were really interesting besides the design, I love the graphics on these. I, I really do, do like too. them. They they're growing on me. I like the little mm-hmm. like over the LED. This is a cute little like line drawing. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, and the fact that some of these uh, amp sims give you a lot more control over the original, like the uh, Formula Fifty One, the original you know Tweed amp was just a one knob like volume knob. That's all you got. Mm-hmm. Like so, the, the fact that this gives you like a um, a sag, a gain, uh, along you know, in a tone Good alongside tone. the ori- original volume knob is great. And the sag control to degradation of the transformer to fine tune the expression range and dynamics of the amp sound so it can sound, you know, very like, you know, low end sounding and break up. And then it can also obviously sound clean and have a dynamic range that's more clear mm-hmm. and pronounced sounding. So I thought that was kind of good that you, yeah, you have the amp sound, but they're just giving you a little bit more control over what you want to be pronounced in that yeah and i was watching ryan from demos in the dark his video and he talks I about need to catch like that depending on the settings like this. it can sound like a pedal or mm-hmm. and then you change some settings and it sounds more amp like and that like that's impressive because yeah. sometimes sometimes you get these like amp sim pedals and they just sound like pedals they just yeah. respond like pedals um so it sounds like it sounds Kyle like a, a recreation. Yeah, recreation yeah. rather than a believable. And that's one of the things I think when people talk about uh, the UA pedals in which, oh, you know, it's obviously it sounds like a real amp and it breathes and things like that. To have something right. that does that in such a smaller form factor I, and also at an entry point that is good for someone this is the first mm-hmm. time they're like, oh, that's really cool. I can't obviously get that amp, but in this pedal form, like, Hey, this is a way maybe I can have the sounds like on my board and I can kick all that for certain songs or at certain times just because, you know, I feel like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't have a lot more to say about them because I, I, I think I haven't gotten to play one yet. I might reach out to Joey over there and see see if I can get one to demo. But I'm, again, a little injured yeah, is- and a little behind. No, of course. So- <laughs> yeah. So it, I, yeah. it's this as far as this goes. I was more focusing on the fact that the new design I like of them, nice. and also it's something new from Catalan Bread. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they, I do. they are they release a lot, yeah, and it's been a. I, I like their graphics sometimes, so that's why I was like, I, I like. usually like their graphics. I mm-hmm. know that like people didn't love like the cloak and tribute mm-hmm. and. I don't know why the phaser name is escaping me. I liked those designs. Like it's just it's so much about personal taste in terms yeah. of of designs. Oh, yeah, I think that's course. why so many manufacturers are doing more limited editions that look Runs, a little yeah. bit different. Because even Callan Bread, they have their um, Mountain Edition, which includes your dirty little secret. So they have Great pedal. like really, attra- I think these are really attractive, um, the Mountain Editions. They have the Echo Rec as well, uh, a cloak, 
Annabelle Coder and a few others, The Rock. Yeah, they've they've done different iterations of their pedals as well, like this dirty little secret. There's a red version of this, which is, I guess, the tonality of it is a little bit different, more like 70s, mm -hmm. kind of like Marshall-like rock. Um, when I was looking at getting one out of the two of them, I chose, obviously, the original uh, and not the red one. But yeah, sometimes they'll release little limited like flavors of the same pedal yeah. just for people to have something that is obviously like the original, but hey, maybe they want something with a different kind of uh, range. Yeah, I know, like I guess thing Earthquaker does a lot too with just yeah. like different colors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like I remember when they released the special cranker. A lot of people didn't like that yellowy orange. Mm, yeah, and I'm like, I kind like it stood out. It was nice. I ended up getting a purple one, and then I gave the one I got from the demo to um, the singer from Jerf. But like, yeah, I I like it when brands have those options. I don't think it's like possible for everybody to have no. limited edition everything yeah. spruce effects does a lot of different colors for their um core lineup of effects like the gale which is yeah. a great pedal there's there's the one that i have which is the dispatch master i have one mm -hmm. that is um kind of like bluish purple and mostly like a mustard yellow with like these knobs that look like the old acrylic phones like and the knobs in it and i normally don't like like yellow petals but that just version of it which was special to i think the sound parcel that they made for them specifically that color and i was like for some reason i am really drawn to that one so i'm really glad that they make these kind of like colorways like even like old bloods and always endeavors i had the original one for my demo but once they released the banana smoothie like i got infatuated and i gave you know i traded uh my original sunlight um for another pedal um but i got the banana smoothie as the one yeah. to be my sunlight and this is the best color for me like i literally <sighs> fell in love with that and as soon as i saw the color i was like oh yes you will be mine you will be mine yeah they're another one they're, they're another company that does like Oh, I, I, get a little, I get a little FOMO every once in a while. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, like the the new colorway or the colorway that they had around Christmas for the Ma. I looked at that and I was like, oh, I actually want that. <laughs> I want that color instead of like the one. I'm grateful for the one that I have, but I saw that color and I was like, oh, like ah. I love that color so much more. <laughs> yeah no. it just happens like that sometimes it does yeah <laughs> it'd well, be like we, that <laughs> we got a little time left for housekeeping so mm -hmm. firstly i want to say welcome philip lauer to the patreon i just sent you a link to the discord welcome. server everybody out there we have a patreon at patreon.com slash get offset and if you donate at the five dollar level or above you get access to our exclusive discord server lots of fun conversations it's very active it's yeah. not like overwhelmingly active, but it's like no, I check it. Check it every day and it's see a what good amount of active. I think it's like yeah. I can handle this amount. No, of, active. of course, and I I like interacting with people directly in kind of like a forum aspect. So I'll chime in. I'll post like I've been listening to more music now. So in the music talk area, I've been posting like albums I'm listening to because that's what I'm doing this year. And other people have started to post their like what they're listening to. And we talk about gear, um, life too, general like health cars. Like, yeah, we have we have definitely a plethora of channels. And um, it's really been great to kind of um, just connect with everyone and uh, yeah. talk and share about life and music. I always love that half. Yeah, let me give a quick shout out to some of our new 
newer Patreon supporters. Yeah. Philip Lauer, NJ, that's Nick, right? Nick. Nick. Um, Michael, Michael Dimitriev. Uh, I think that's, I'm sorry if I said that wrong. I've only ever read that word. I've never heard it said out loud. David Greer. Nate was another one. Yeah. Nate, not Nick. Sorry. Nate. Yeah, Nate, Nate. That was the one. Yep. Your real name is not on <laughs> No, that was one of the um, things I said recently. It was like, everyone has different names and different platforms. So I'm like, it's hard for me yeah. to remember what your name is everywhere. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hard Coyote, sometimes. <laughs> Coyote Stardust, Tyler Reese, Robert McDowell, yeah. Wesley oh, Harden, James, Lojam, Anthony. Yeah. Coyote Stardust is awesome. I like them. Alex demonic machines. They're at the one dollar level. I should just add them anyway to the Discord. Um, Jason, this is this prank is officially sponsored by Jason Welsh. Jason Welsh, I love Jason's ideas of pranks. It's like giving you ten dollars. I'm like, this is my favorite <laughs> prank. <laughs> uh, Jason's <laughs> you, which great. Thank you. There's still Jason. time to super chat if, if, still uh, time. if you want. If you're watching the premiere or this little donate button below. Um, I prefer the Patreon. Like that's my favorite way to support yeah. the channel, but I'll accept all support. All forms of support. Yeah. Um Holly, Reed, Jeff. Hey Holly. Jason, Jeff, Jordan. Yeah. Jason, Jordan, Nate, everyone, Michael. <laughs> Joe, I, I'm happy to see everyone. Russell Heiling, Matt Williams, Stephen Gridley, J. Ryan Conklin, Andrea Kay, Damian Martinez, Paul Heinberg, Steve Rao, Tom Kelly. My you. brother from another mother in Florida. <laughs> Jason Weiser, Jim Burns, Zach Hale, yep. Noah, and our very Noah. first Patreon ever, Jason Tom Buzzmonger. Well. Yes. I said Tom. Buzzmonger. Yeah. yeah. I didn't miss Tom, did I? Jimmy, too. Jim Burns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got Jim. Yeah. I think, we, I think we got quite a few. Yeah, if we, if we, we forget, it's going off the top of our head. <laughs> well, at least my top of my head. <laughs> Damien, yes, I, I see all the. But yeah, uh, I mean, I would definitely say through like 2020, that Discord. I mean, I think we carried each other through all of that, and like the subsequent years. Like, mm -hmm. I am really grateful for all the friendships that I've gone at least uh, through that Discord because really some great folks. Mm hmm. For sure. Yeah, so what else I got? Um, did you say the um website? Oh merch, yeah, we have merchandise.podcast.com like slash shop. <laughs> Whoever ordered a shirt recently, I hope you love it. Thank you. I saw awesome. that go in. I saw that go in. Uh yeah. What else I got? Nothing. A lot hmm. of I'm very I would like to go eat lunch. It's a long week. Yeah, it's been a long week. So it's a long yeah. week. This week was weird. Yeah. Let's hope that next week's less weird. Yes, please. Please, a better week. That would be lovely. Give me normal. Give me normal shit. Give, give me, me normal. Give me healing. Give me, normal. Give me healing. Uh, exactly. Give healing. Uh, walking into the next week slowly. You know, no one gets hurt. No one gets, no, no one comes for no one. Everybody's like shaking hands and like, you know, uh -huh. peace, peace. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, peace on earth. Goodwill yes. toward me specifically. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, to everybody out there, thanks for watching slash listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time. My name is Emily. I'm Joan of Hart. Goodbye. Bye-bye.